Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Sarah Williams here with the Mom Manual. I have an amazing guest for you guys today. Vanessa Quigley is the co-founder of Chatbooks, which I'm sure you all know and love. And you might not know this, a mother of seven. Amazing. <laughs> Vanessa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. You know that mother of seven, it is one of my proudest achievements. Sometimes when I feel like, oh, I don't know if I have what it takes for whatever challenges in front of me, I'm like, I gave birth seven times. I can do anything. Okay. We need to start there because I think <laughs> when you hear seven children, it's such a, I have four children, four biological children, and I have three stepkids. And so, but I, I, I don't claim myself as a mother of seven because three of them live with their mom most of the time. So, but when, even when I say four kids, people are like four kids. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Seven children. Tell us Vanessa. Why, where, who, why, <laughs> why I have asked myself that more recently in the past few years. Um, now, honestly, giving birth to the kids was the easy part is what I've learned. You know, my oldest is now 26. My youngest is 15. And for some reason, I thought that at this point in my life, raising my youngest, I would have had it all figured out, yeah. but he is rewriting all of the manuals. Like we are starting from scratch and it is it's a lot, but I'm the oldest of 12 and I loved my big family. Honestly, I had a little bit of resentment too, because as the oldest and there were seven boys after me. So like mm. a lot of the responsibility helping my mom was on my shoulders. And so I was like, Oh, I love the big family, but 12 is way too many. And so I decided that six was the perfect number. My husband was the oldest of three. And he actually thought, you know, he would like a little more excitement in his life. And so we kind of targeted six and then we had a little bonus baby. And like I said, he's rocking our world. So <laughs> but so you said, what's the age gap again? 26 to 15. When Declan was born, my oldest was 15. I was nursing him and Calvin came in. He had a couple of his lacrosse buddies with him. And I remember a distinct feeling like, this is not right. I should not have teenagers barging in on me. And my mom always said that having babies helped keep her teenagers sweet. But you know, you can't just keep having babies. You know, yes. so I had, to, well, I had to draw the line somewhere. So I'm the oldest of five and we're all very spread out. And so my youngest, I have twin brothers for the, the fourth and fifth. I was 16 when they were born and oh, yeah. they look, if you, you guys can't see me, but I have dark hair, olive skin. Like I look very Italian. I am Italian. And my mom is hundred percent Irish, red hair, white skin, green eyes. My brothers look exactly like me and we'd be at the mall and we'd be out and people would come up to me and say, your babies are so cute. And I'm like, mom, this is so wrong. Like what is wrong with this picture right now? I was mortified when she was pregnant. Mortified. I was was 17. I was 17 when my mom told me she was having her last baby. And I was, I was horrified, mortified. I was horrible when she told me, I was like, mom, you cannot do this to me. Like, I just knew this is going to ruin my life. So I have the red hair. I inherited the Scottish red hair. Yeah. Um, but all of my siblings look like every other color combination you can imagine. But this last little brother, 
came out with red hair and I was instantly bonded to him and loved him. And he's closer in age to my oldest son than he is to me, but he's the best thing that happened. That See, that's the craziest thing about my family because my husband is nine years older than me and he's mm-hmm. the youngest of four. And so my oldest stepdaughter is the same age as my brothers. I'm 16 years older than her because he got married first time when he was 21. So it's just, it's very modern family, but yeah, (laughs) I love it. Today's episode was brought to you by Dreamland Baby. I want to introduce you to a product that hundreds of thousands of parents use to help their baby sleep. The Dreamland Baby Weighted Sleep Sack. Hi, I'm Tara Williams, host of the Mom Manual and founder of Dreamland Baby. When my son Luke was six months old, he was still waking up every hour and a half. I was completely exhausted, frustrated, and at my wit's end. Sound familiar? My solution to create a gently weighted sleep sack that babies can safely wear to help them feel calm, fall asleep faster, and stay asleep longer. The award-winning doctor-approved Dream Weighted Sleep Sack and Swaddle features our proprietary CoverCom technology, evenly distributed weight from your baby's shoulders to toes to help naturally reduce stress and allow your little one to feel relaxed and sleep soundly. If you're struggling to get your baby to sleep for longer stretches and go down easier, you're not alone. This product was a game changer for my son and can be for your family too. And right now we've got a special discount exclusive to mom manual listeners. Use code MOMMANUAL15 at checkout to get 15% off site-wide. Isn't it time for you to invest in rest? So Vanessa, tell us, well, first off, gosh, the seven kids, and then running a business and a business at the scale of chat books. Tell us how it started. Give us the background, all the things. Well, it started, it wasn't in my life plan to start a business. My husband is a serial entrepreneur. He loves building businesses and he had gotten to a place in his career that he wanted to work on like something that was going to change the world. And he wanted it to be in this space of family memories. I had been a diehard scrapbooker as a young mom. Like my first child was born in 1995. Scrapbooking was the rage. It was a creative outlet for me, but it also felt like a really important job to be done to help document the story of our family's life together. My mom is an incredible artist and she's all the things, but she was very good at scrapbooking at least my childhood, you know, being the oldest, perks of being yes. the oldest. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, as more babies came to our family, there was less time for any of that. And then digital photography. I remember I had just had my fourth child when I, we got our first digital camera that changed how I handled photos. And I just didn't have those printed photos from Costco to put in my scrapbooks anymore. And all of a sudden, fast forward to my youngest is five years old and he's getting ready to go to kindergarten. And he finds a little photo album that his preschool teacher had made of their parties and field trips and activities as a graduation present. And he was flipping through that and had become overwhelmed with emotion and nostalgia. And he told me that he never wanted to grow up and it was adorable. And I was so grateful for that teacher in that moment, but I was also consumed with this guilt that I was failing in this job to help my family hold on to the stories that bind our family together. And anyway, I just had this idea that I'm never going to scrapbook again, but I'm using social media to share highlights of our family's lives and what if rather than giving him my phone to scroll through and look at some of those memories, what if I could just print those out and have a book that he could hold on to? And anyway, that idea, I shared it with my husband who was at a point in his venture that he was ready to admit that his way of doing it wasn't working. And he was looking for another way to help 
strengthen families and help families hold on to their stories. And anyway, took my idea and ran with it. And then I got involved more and more as we really talked about, you know, how do we help strengthen families? That's the, that's yeah. the mission of our company. And it's what I, you know, spent my whole life and motherhood trying to do. And, and here yeah. we are to almost 10 years later. It's been an amazing journey. And if anyone doesn't know chat books, it's essentially, you can take anything on Instagram and it turns it for you into a book, right? Yeah. That's how we started. It basically was just an API plug in your Instagram account and we'll spit out the books for you without having to do any work. A lot of people use Instagram differently today than they did 10 years ago. And so we pivoted, um, we still have that Instagram subscription available, but most of our books come straight from the camera roll. We have something called month books or monthly minis. You pick 30 photos every month straight from your camera roll. They, yeah. We format it for you. Super easy, affordable subscription of your life. And yeah. it's awesome. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And and I, that's a great call out on Instagram because if we think back to really like 2011, 2012, it was extremely curated, right? Yeah. And now of course everything is digital. So you can't really print a video. Can you? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that chat books next frontier? I mean, we've been experimenting. There is tech that is making it possible. Um, Instagram is really stingy about giving us access to all of the assets that people share there. Anything in stories, they we don't, there's not um, access for, you know, app developers at the, at this point, but, but yeah, there's just, there's parts of family life that you don't want to throw out into the mall. And that's what Instagram has become now is it's basically like a shopping mall. It's got a million people talking to you and trying to sell you stuff. And there are parts of family life that are sacred and it's just, Instagram's not the best place to share all the things, but they are an important part of our story that we should be holding on to. Yeah. And I love this perspective and, and the mission of the company of strengthening families. And really that's, that's the goal through the pictures. Cause I think when, like, when I think about doing a memory book, I, I it's more, I just want to see the highlights, but you mm-hmm. have one of our tips today. Talk about all the good, the bad yeah. is in between. Tell us, tell us about that. Okay. Well, I just really believe that this story of your family's life, like is so important. And the highlights are like, you know, like the cherry on top, you know, the piano recital or the graduation or the trip to Hawaii or whatever it is. Those, those are great. And they are great memory makers, but it's all of the in-between moments. Those everyday magic is how we talk about it at chat books. And it can be something like snuggling with the dog on the couch, you know, watching a show at the end of a long day, or it could be Often in my house, it's a pile of shoes that all the teenagers take off as they pile into our basement on a Friday night. You know, those magical, like everyday things that in the moment you might not even register as being like truly the thing that you're going to want to hold on to. But when I look through the photos from my childhood, and granted, there are hardly any compared to how many photos I have of my kids, right? I can't even imagine. Um, <laughs> Two <chocolate> founders. <laughs> but the ones that I really, really love are the ones that my mom took of us just hanging around the house or me asleep in my bed, you know, just those everyday magical things. That's what we want to hold on to. And so uh, my first tip is if you are want to create this strong family narrative that will help your kids create or know their identity, help pass on values and traditions and help them honestly deal with adversity that's going to come their way and strengthen your family. Like those are all benefits of having a family narrative. It starts by documenting those moments, the big milestones and the everyday magic. Take all of the photos. We're all walking around with incredible cameras in our pocket all the time. Honestly, a little life hack for me is in that moment, and we all have it where you start to feel like 
mom rage, you know, like someone's room is a mess or they left the dishes out again. What are my coping mechanisms? It, it gives me just like a beat before I react is to honestly just like pull out my camera and take a picture. Sometimes I text that picture to a child. This is what your room looked like this morning. What's going on? Sometimes it's just gives me a pause so that I can react or like proceed in a helpful, like productive way. Sometimes those photos make it into my month books because that's part of the magic of this messy family life that we are living. And if we're being honest, we are all living messy lives, but it's that mess that creates growth opportunities and ultimately ends up strengthening our families. I love the term everyday magic so much. And I think when, you know, I have four kids, my youngest is five and you're done. You hear so often you blink and they're, they're grown up and life is passing you by. Right. And so like, what are those memories and what do you want to hold on to? Yes. It's the vacations. Yes. It's the winning game and things, but it's really, I mean, we spend every night as a family, right. When my husband and I are finished working and we're just laying in our room or we're talking or in the kids room, like, I don't have any pictures of this. None. Right. That is the everyday magic. Yeah. And when they're little, they don't care as much. You can snap as many pictures of, of them as they, as you want in their pajamas, doing bedtime. It gets trickier as they become older. Like the teenagers are so suspicious of me. Every time I pull out my camera, I have to say, this is not for social media. This is just for the chat books. You know, this is for our family story. But it's so yeah. important to grab those photos and capture those memories because, you know, life is so busy and full and there's so much information coming at us all the time. Like a photo is what is going to anchor those memories. And if you want your kids to have warm, cozy feelings about, you know, those nighttime rituals that you have as a family at the end of the day, like you got to have a photo of that, or it's going to get lost in all of the noise of modern life. And you know, something, and and I'm going to admit on air, I have not used chat books before, but I also don't print anything. So, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I am like the ultimate minimalist. Like I have nothing in my house. I have no memories. I, I'm like, oh, I'm a horrible mom in that regard. You would, you would come to my house and go, oh my gosh, you have nothing. You don't, do kids even live here? But <laughs> I, and I, and I think for some people who are listening, they're like, I don't have time. Like, because yeah. like you, I loved scrapbooking. So I graduated high school in 2005. So I remember I was in probably middle school is when it started. So I don't know, early, I guess, mid nineties, right. When you said the height of scrapbook, there was a scrapbooking store near me and all my friends said I was such a dork because I would walk to the scrapbooking store and it would be me and these like sweet old little grandmas that were scrapbooking. (laughs) And I loved it. And I would like pick the sticker and I would print out the photo. And I don't even know where those books are, but they were gold. Like my middle school years of these books. And I wish I had a picture of me with the little like white hair. You know, the store ended up shutting down a couple of years later, but I even have this amazing scrapbook I made for my husband from while we were dating. And again, it's the paper and it's the stickers. And like, it took me hours while we were dating. And I remember it was like every weekend I'd work on it for literally a couple hours, like Saturday mornings. And I just like, it was my therapy. It was an outlet. Like I loved doing it. It was such a hobby. Then I have like an awesome scrapbook for my first two kids. My boys, I have two girls and then two boys and my boys have no scrapbook. (laughs) I I hear you. That I mean, that is our origin story. I was in the same boat. Yes. Um, but this is why chapbooks is the perfect solution. I mean, there are, are there are actually a lot of places that you can print photo books digitally, yeah. like from your computer or from your phone. 
But, no, but, but chat books is different because, and, and, and my, I'll continue with my, like how, how, where I am. And now I'm at nothing. Uh-huh. So then I started doing the digital book, but even though yeah. you have to format them still, yes, yeah. you have to scroll it. And then I remember like, I'd make the book and I'd be like, Oh, oh my gosh, you know, there's two pages left and I have no pictures. I have to re go back. And it was just, it was way too hard, but chat books. And I have a couple of friends who are like, chat books is the most amazing thing ever. You have to get it. Mm-hmm. But tell us like, why it's so easy and why it's just like, it literally takes no time. You don't even have to format. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause I had that same experience. Like I was trying to make my books on Shutterfly and you had to pick, but like, there were a million choices on which size and what kind of paper and what color scheme and what kind of layout. And it was just like, and just decision overload. Right. And so taking all of that away and just saying, you know what, it's one picture per page. That's what it was in the very early days of chat books. Now you can put a collage on some pages in your month books. You can put two pictures on a page. But this is the genius behind month books because we're all busy with our families, with our work, with life, with month books. It automatically pulls in all of the photos on your camera roll from that month and you just pick 30 or you can say, chat books, I'll let you pick it. We'll use our AI to pick the most print worthy photos. It's not great. We're still dialing in the algorithm, but it's something. I always say autofill and then I go through and I'm like, yeah, yeah, not that one, not with it. And also with seven kids, you want equal representation in the books too. So I have to kind of make sure that's all fair, but it's just fun. And it is like a gratitude practice. And this is the other thing I wanted to say about taking all the photos, take all the photos. And you know what? Don't just take one photo of the perfectly framed shot, like take three in case someone's eyes closed. That's what always happens to me. Um, you want to have the one good one, right? But if you don't create a regular habit of curating all of that, you're going to end up with like 50,000 photos on your camera roll, which is not a big deal if you've got good data plan and you can keep storing it other than the mental load that it starts to weigh on you. And if you start sharing data plans with all of your kids and teenagers, you run out really fast. So have a weekly, for me, it works weekly. Some people do it daily. But for me, it's on Sundays. I call it my Sunday select. I go through my camera roll. I delete all the stuff that I don't need. Mm-hmm. And I just select all of the best ones. I heart my favorites because on an iPhone, it, there's a curation folder of your favorite favorites, which I go back to for all the time for things. But I just pick the good stuff, get rid of the rest. And then when it's time to make my month books, it just pulls up that month's worth of photos and you just pick the highlights yeah. and we do the rest for you. Well, and I love this because I think as moms, like the, the point I was trying to make earlier about how quickly the time passes is you feel a sense of guilt, right? And Mm -hmm. it's, I think with, there's mom guilt with a whole bunch of things, but like, for me, it is that documenting where I will never forget. This was one of the saddest moments of my life. And and, and it will bring us to another point that you're going to talk about on why to print the pictures, but I had a phone and then I wanted to upgrade the phone or ran out of data or whatever. And so I thought it was all backed up on my, on my computer and it wasn't, and I erased it and it was my son's first year of life. And I had never, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, that just Like literally from like the hospital to like his first birthday, gone, like gone. Oh, and it just, so and my baby, my fourth, like I cried. And like for weeks, I was so upset. I was like, is there anything we can do? And they're like, you deleted it like at Apple. And I was like, I thought it was backed up, you know? So you talk about printing pictures. I mean, that's obvious, but why, like (laughs) what else about it, but having it tangible versus scroll, like what is the mental idea behind it? 
Yeah. We, we call our chapbooks our bookshelf backup in case something happens. I mean, I back up my photos on Google, on iCloud, on Dropbox. But what happens if they all, those servers melt down? It feels like that could happen. I like to have so much security knowing that I've got a representation of our family story on my bookshelf. Um, but there's so much power in having photos visible to the people that live in your house hanging on your wall, on a Google Home. You know, it, you can set it to scroll through a slideshow of photos or on your chat books, on the bookshelf, on a coffee table. We even have them in the back pocket of our car because kids will grab them to look at on, you know, on the way to grandma's or whatever. It just gives a sense of place and identity and importance. You're important to me. And the photo over my mantle, the beautiful, you know, Christmas card photo, that serves one purpose of like capturing in that moment in time, like, oh, that was like the pinnacle of that year. Yeah. But that isn't the whole story. And if our kids only had that one photo to look at, yeah. while secretly they feel like their life is a mess and falling apart, they might feel a disconnect there. So that's why it's so important to have all of the rest too. All yeah. of the, the stuff that you wouldn't put on the Christmas card, the stuff that you're not going to put on social media. Like it's important to your family. And so having those printed in, in a book where you can not only like look at them and, and, and know that this is an important part of our story, but it's the conversation that you have while looking at them. Yeah. Because if your photos are stuck on your phone or safe on a hard drive, like, great, they should be safe somewhere. But if you're not talking about them, they're not serving your family. Yeah. They're not able to strengthen your family. We did a research study, chapbooks in conjunction with HP and psychology professors from University of Utah to study the impact of printed photos on families. And it was fascinating. We polled 15,000 families about habits around looking at photos and outcomes, things that they experience while they look at printed photos. And the magic is in the conversations you have around these it happens more frequently in printed photos. You're going to have these conversations and these conversations, they, they call them elaborative joint reminiscing conversations. So many of the conversations parents have with their kids are like directive, like go get your shoes on, get ready for bed. It's time to go, you know, eat your dinner. Like we're talking to our kids all the time, but there's a difference between those kinds of directive conversations in these elaborative reminiscing conversations where you're looking at a photo and you say, oh, do you remember what happened here? And how were you feeling? And who was with us? And what did we do before? And what did you learn from this? Like yeah. those conversations bond families together. They are also associated with other outcomes that are linked to decreased rates of depression and anxiety and greater problem solving and a better sense of self-esteem. And parents feel like they're doing a better job when they have these kinds of conversations because they're connected, they're healing. So printing the photos, taking the photos is the first step, printing the photos is the second step, and then actually having conversations about those photos, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. Okay. I I'm smiling so big right now because I did do one big photo album and it was, we had gone to Hawaii in say like 2019, I think. 2020. And I think it was actually, it was 2020 and which was like this crazy time, of course, but we were yeah. like, let's go, let's do it. We got our masks on, we went, and it was the first big trip we had taken as a family. My husband and I both got laid off in 2018 and it was like no more vacations, no more sports, mm -hmm. no more like anything. We were gassing groceries. And so 
I remember at the time, like Moana had come out, we were always watching it. And so it was like, just this trip we had dreamed of. And so I'm like, I'm going to make a book of the trip. And I made this book and it was super expensive. I think it was, it was like 70 or $80. And I had seen on an influencer and got like a 50% off. So I was shocked how expensive it was. It was very nice quality. It was not chapbooks, but it was big. As soon as it came in, my son held it and he like pulled a couple of the pages out. And I was like, oh my gosh, because he was little at the time. And I remember mm-hmm. I was like so upset. So that's a sidebar and why chapbooks is amazing because if you tear one, they're not super expensive. Um, well, we also have a toddler guarantee, just oh, so you know. If my, you my if your kids love too hard on your chapbook, yeah. we'll have to support and we've got you. Easy okay. reprint. That is amazing. I did not even reach out to these guys because I just, I felt embarrassed. Like, oh my gosh, I spent all this money and it got ripped the first day. But then I went beyond because I had taken the time to like organize and whatever. And I printed all these photos and I had this big gallery wall. And my Mm -hmm. son is now five and that's in in our office. And so the kids will always go in and they will say, oh, I remember we got hot dogs at Costco. And we, there's a picture of us at this bridge. I remember we got the hot dogs at Costco before. Yes, yes, and yes. Like, you were two. There's no way you remember that. But he remembers everything that happened in these photos. So it's, what What was that term you said? The what? Cognitive? Elaborative joint reminiscing. Yes. yes. Like it's crazy. And if you think about it, even as adults, when you have those photos and you're like, I remember that fifth birthday party that had Barbie and, you know, somebody fell in the pool. And it's like, there's no way you could have remembered that. But you remember yeah through the pictures. So the photos. I, I love that idea so much. And one last question. Okay. So document your life. We've, we've talked about that pretty elaborately, but you are coming at this from a very particular angle, I'm talking about identity, importance, bonding, like where does that thought and mentality come from? Because that, I, I don't think that's a certain framework of how people look at taking yeah. pictures and document pictures. Like it's, it's very deep. Where did you come mm-hmm. up with this or, or why do you think about that that way? Well, I mentioned that my mom was a really good scrapbooker. She was so good at documenting our life growing up, but also her own. Like one of the first scrapbooks she made was from her childhood and her adventures at college. And one year in college, she took time off from school and went with her cousin to Europe. And just the two of them, they were like 18 and on this European adventure. And as a young girl looking through her books and thinking, my mom is the coolest thing ever. And maybe one day I can do something so brave and daring and exciting. I knew how the kind of impact that these books had on me of my parents' life, my mother's life, our early life together. It created a sense of identity for me and where I came from, what I'm capable of, what my future could possibly hold. And so I wanted that for my kids. And I felt that as I was starting to document our own family's life journey. And I have to say, like, I I think all moms, we go into motherhood clueless, but also like, at least I was really naive. I thought, especially as being the oldest of 12 kids, I felt like I kind of raised some of my siblings. I'm like, I know how to do this. I know what to do. Like, I'm just going to do the playbook that my mom did. Well, obviously not every child is the same. Um, also, I'm raising my kids in a very different generation where they have lots of other outside influences. Yeah. And it became really clear that like home needs to be a refuge. It needs to be a safe space. Like our family, our family is going to be the thing that they come home to and feel safe and can be the anchor in this crazy world that they are living in. And so I was just looking for more ways to create that sense of place and identity. And 
We did it through photos. We did it through our family cheer. We did it through our Quigley Creed. Like I just creating this family culture that let them know, you know, how important they were and where they came from, what we believe about ourselves, what we're capable of. If anything, my 26 and plus years of parenting has taught me is that that is so important, especially as we've had harder and harder things that we've faced as a family. Like, and if I'm being honest, like some of the photos from our younger family life, when my kids were younger, before they were facing big challenges, before we had really hard things happen. Sometimes I look at those photos and it kind of hurts a little bit because I really wish that I could go back to that more innocent time. And the other day a photo popped up on our Google home and my husband turned it around because he's like, I can't look at that. That's too painful. And I'm like, honey, I get it. Like I have that same little feeling, but look how far we've come. Like, look at how amazing our kids are. Look how strong they are because we've had to go through these hard things. We had a tradition early on in our family. We called it the highs and lows at dinner time. We would go around and everyone get a chance to say that the high and the low of their day. I know other, a lot of other families do that. They call it the happy, sad or worst and best or roses and thorns. But we had instilled this practice of recognizing that any given day, you're going to have good things happen and bad things happen. And it's not the end of the world. We can actually learn and grow from those things. The hard stuff that happens to us, like embrace it as part of our story. I think my mom's generation and her parents' generation, especially like all the uncomfortable stuff, you just swept it under the rug. You never talked about it. Like we're still finding out some interesting family secrets that are (laughs) coming out as my mom gets older and her mental filter is like diminishing some things. And we're like, that would have been good to know as teenagers, you know? Yeah. So I think just being comfortable accepting the mess of life and embracing it for what it is and the growth that can come from all of it while celebrating the highs, you know, that's just, it's all part of it. And it's so important because we just live in a crazy, unpredictable, scary world. And our kids need to feel that safety that comes from that. Oh man, gosh, that gives me like chills when you talk about like your story. Like I always think it's like the book of life, right? It is like the book of your life and chat books can be the book of your own life, of your kid's life. And in having it like super easy, every I'm, I'm downloading this after okay. this Do it. because my camera has, um, probably 5,000 pictures on it. None of which are printed except for the one Hawaii trip. I love what you're saying. And it's so clear, Vanessa, you're such an amazing mom. And the, you know, the way that you focus on the values of your family and the identity of, of kids and, you know, pointing out, we've had this really hard time, but look how like we've got through it. And now we're on the other side. I mean, and documenting that is just, my brain is going a million miles. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to do all these different things. Um, okay. But don't get overwhelmed. Something is better than nothing. You have the Hawaii pictures. Okay? I have, we just, have a, a book. <laughs> and you don't need to go back. Like anyone who's listening right now and is starting to feel like maybe a little panicky or overwhelmed that you've got yes. years and years that you haven't documented. Don't worry about it. Start today. Go okay. forward. Like take the photos today, pick 30 photos from this month, print them, talk about them, share them with your family and then go forward. And if you feel a boost of energy and you find a whole bunch of extra time and you want to go back in time, great. But now's the time to start. Yeah. Oh gosh. You've got me thinking on all the things and especially because you have the older kids, my oldest, my kids now are between five and 10 and we are just getting to that space where it's like, oh, so-and-so said this in class or so-and-so did this. And we're like, wow, okay, we're, we're there. Like we're becoming the, yeah. the preteen years where that just, 
I mean, my five-year-old still, when he gets home from preschool every day, he runs to me, gives me a hug and a kiss. And he says, mommy, I love you. And I'm like, oh, my heart. Like, I'm like, he's never, he's like my like little puppy. I'm like, please never grow up. Um, my 10 year old does not do that. So we're, we're moving kind of toward that space where I just think like that identity and who you are, the importance is, is so important, right? Yeah. My daughter today is going on a field trip. It's raining here. And she had this Mickey mouse umbrella. And I said, Oh, don't forget your umbrella. And she was like, mom, that's Mickey mouse. It's embarrassing. And I said, embarrassing to who? Like you love Disney world. You do reports on it. What are you talking about? She's like, I don't know my classmates. It's Minnie mouse. And I was like, Brooklyn, be confident in who you are. Like you can never care. But so, and I thought while you were talking, I want to get a picture of her with her Minnie Mouse umbrella to remind her to not care ever what other people think. Whatever you like is who you are. Hey, Vanessa, I think you have a discount for us. Is that right? Yes. Podcast 20 will get you 20% off anything at chat books. And the, I, I just can't say enough about our subscription or monthly subscription, the month, month books, or monthly minis. It's for a busy mom who wants to help their family hold on to the story of their life together. It's the only way to go. I love that. And Vanessa, where can everyone find you guys? So Chatbooks is the app. We have it for Apple and Android. You can go to chatbooks.com and learn more about what we do or follow us on Instagram and TikTok. (laughs) Lots of tutorials and fun, good stuff. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us, Vanessa. 